Hello, everyone. We are back with another episode of Movie Memories. Um, this is the podcast where myself and Jeff challenge each other to recall some of our favorite movies from memory, reviewing the synopsis front to back, and along the way, talking about our favorite characters and scenes and shots, et cetera, et cetera. So let's get the ball rolling on episode three. Jeff, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Can't make it too easy. I'm going to try and get you to guess this, but there's so many. This is, I think you're going to get it quickly, but anyway. Um, how about... No, 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 no. If there's a bomb, all the alarms going off because all these hotels have bomb detectors. Okay? Okay? Fifth element. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it because I recently watched it, but only because, you know, Lish had asked. What are you? What movie are you going to pick? And I said The Fifth Element. She's like, I haven't seen The Fifth Element. And I was like, Oh, well, we can put it on. So we watched like three quarters of it. But yeah, so I was afraid it was going to show up on that list and you would recognize it. But uh-uh. no, nice. So yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't see it. Yeah. The Fifth Element. So for those of you that haven't seen The Fifth Element, we are talking about it's the 1997 sci-fi movie has Bruce Willis, Mia Jovovich, Gary Oldman, um, a few other people directed like. Uh, directed by Luke Besson, which I don't know a lot of his other work, or I didn't, I wouldn't know a lot of his other work. Yeah. Um, Luke Besson, yeah. Besson. Besson. Yeah. French director. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, if you asked me to say another one of his movies, no idea. You think you're prepared? You think you can knock this out? Sure. Yeah, okay. sure, sure. Right. I, let's give it a, do my best. <laughs> yeah, let's give it a whirl. This is the fifth element. Go for it. All right, so it starts out in the desert somewhere on an archaeological dig, I guess. Uh-huh. And it's got, uh, what, Luke Perry is the very beginning. He's oh, yeah. the artist drawing yeah. uh-huh. um, the hieroglyphics. And then you have the, the other guy. I, I don't know, just archaeologi- archaeologist man. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, uh, looking at the hieroglyphics and it's talking about the supreme being uh, and this darkness. And I don't really remember all the details of that. Just him constantly yelling at that boy, Aziz Light! Yeah, yeah, a little, <laughs> little kid that keeps falling asleep. Uh, yeah. His little assistant to shine that, light on the wall. Yeah, yeah, that reflector. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Aziz, for much better. Thank you, Aziz. Much better. Uh, yeah. And some other character comes in, and I don't remember what he says, but he's like this guy that's somehow related to the aliens. Yeah. Like he, his family or his uh, people or generation of generation are protecting this dig site, I guess. I don't really yeah. remember. Yeah, he's a priest. Yeah. Uh, so they, they call him priest. That's right. That's right. That's right. They don't do much backstory on the priests or the order that they belong to, like in this movie. So there's no explanation of like what religion it is, why they call him priest. But he he is referred to as father, and he mm-hmm. is like that's his title as a priest. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so the priest shows up. So he, I know he shares some dialogue with uh, archaeological. Yeah. I can't say archaeologist. Yeah. Man. <laughs> and. Uh, then he goes outside. That's when the spaceship comes, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, it's along those it, lines. So a spaceship shows up. Yeah, and it lands, and uh, it's a really weird looking ship. And the, it lands. These massive guys come out <laughs> with really look, tiny heads. Yeah, <laughs> they look like uh, they remind me of you know when I was just since I just recently watched this, I was just kind of thinking of it from your point of view as you're going to have to retell it. They they remind me of like penguins. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah big like, giant round bodies waddling back and forth. Yeah, like yeah. a gold medal. Yeah. Um, and they they're waddling in there, and uh, one of them he holds out his hand and it looks like the key comes out of his finger, mm-hmm. I guess. And he opens the, the wall doorway and archeologist man, he's like, incredible. I had no idea this was behind yeah. there. And then they just look at him and lights come out of their eyes and he passes and out. He passes I guess. out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, I don't think uh, he died. I no, he just like, Oh yeah. You're right. <laughs> and they go in and they take the capsule, I guess of a, person we don't know Mm -hmm. what it is but they take that and then they leave and they say something to the priest but for whatever reason the whole place is coming apart i don't remember why um because the door closes on one of them Yeah, yeah so um the aliens show up they say that they're there to take the stones that and the Mm -hmm. fifth element they they reference it away from planet earth because it's about to go to war i think it's like yeah. right about to be world war one or something like that yeah um because they put a date on there i think it's like 1913 or 1914 um so luke perry the little archaeologist professor's assistant grabs a gun because he's freaking out because oh. he's seeing aliens and then remember he like trips on something and he accidentally shoots and i think it sets off this defense mechanism so the doors start to close automatically uh, and that's why he reaches out his little hand to give the priest the key the he key, says yeah 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 and yeah. they hold on to it for generations yep and then we lead up to what would be the future present i guess yep yeah. yep it just flashes forward and says like the year 20 yeah to something and that's on that's out in outer space and there yep. this fleet I guess the military mm-hmm. is in front of some kind of anomaly. And I guess it just appears out of nowhere. It's a planet. Yeah. And it, it was it's, like three just... planets align or something like that every 5,000 years. And then this thing appears. Yeah, this thing appears. And uh, was the priest already on board? Ian Holm? He, I don't uh, remember. No. no. He's back on Earth. Okay. But during it's... the scene, he's there. In the president's talking to the fleet, right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. For some reason, I thought they were all in the same place. Is something about this great evil that's going to come and destroy all life, right? And, uh, I don't really remember anything else about that scene. I'm not sure if the hail to one hundred eight is in that scene, but I hope one hundred eight. Nope, nope, nope. But is that later? Yeah, that's way later. That's like all the way when they're on the the, on the cruise ship. ship. Is it Flossed in Paradise? Yeah, Flossed in Paradise. So I think at this point, the president's talking to those ships that are there at the anomaly in space. And he's saying, the priest is trying to say, like, this is, you know, this is ultimate evil. What if this isn't some alien presence or something? Because they're going to shoot at it because they think it's something bad. 
don't they shoot they they do shoot at it don't they and yeah it just grows bigger yep it grows bigger yeah. and bigger and the president eventually starts to wise up and says like hey yeah, stop <laughs> this, uh, yeah I, I have a doubt about this and then all the ships get destroyed yeah and then at that point they finally believe the priest ian holm yeah. the priest yeah and i think this is when we cut to bruce willis uh-huh uh, yes and he's in bed already like he i feel like it starts when he's in bed is that right like his cat i don't know i remember some random stuff yeah so right Uh right before um right before the was it zorg oh oh i'm having (laughs) trying to remember all these things you know i was thinking this was going to be like a softball one because we like the movie so much and we quote it so much and I know we've both seen it so many times, but uh, we're we're gonna have struggles, yeah. Even it, with these easy movies, was it was that when Zori said he needs to fire a bunch of people, and that's when Corbin yeah. Dallas gets the notice that he's fired, and yeah. So, <laughs> or am I skipping what, some things? What, yeah. So something occurred, you know, right after those military ships get blown up from this anomaly that you know occurred in space. Mm-hmm. Um the alien species that was protecting the stones right they're on their way with the stones to earth to earth and, and they request they get destroyed by exactly the... yeah they request access their names the mondachi ones the mondachi 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 ones yeah yeah so they're like <laughs> there's a ship of mondachi ones they're requesting access to the federation space and he's like let them in because i'm believing the priest now and they get attacked and crash. Um, that scene was so, so just brief, be- I feel like. Yeah. Like, it's like not even 30 seconds. If I, I remember watching it and not understanding what was happening. Like the first watch, like the first time I watched that movie, mm-hmm. I remember seeing them flying through space. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. And then they cut ahead to finding, like they only talk about it. They don't show finding, uh, the remains of the supreme being they just bring it into that lab anyway uh where where we leave off so they they crash they get shot yeah right is that is that when we cut to corbin dallas yeah there is a uh it's a very brief thing but yeah there's this introduction for corbin dallas so it does cut over to him in his apartment yeah yeah and him like you said he's waking up (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and getting ready for work essentially yeah is that when the meat popsicle happens uh no no ah no what am i ah. is he talking to his mom yeah. or his friend those are one of the two things like he's always on the phone with either of them yeah so we see corbin dallas the hero of the movie bruce willis mm-hmm. he is he wakes up to his phone ringing and it's his boss saying like hey you got to bring the cab in for a six-month overhaul that's right and then his mom does call but essentially this is just showing Corbin Dallas it's irritated with his mom or something like that. Yeah. He, he's just a, a ex military dude. Now he was a, he's a cab driver getting ready for work. Wow. <laughs> you don't so, remember any of that. It's uh it's all like a blur. Cause I blur. remember, I remember a bunch of things that happened, but the, like the specific step-by-step process. Of yeah. It, no. Yeah. I, this I, is I exactly remember. like last episode. With Ferris Bueller's day off, day off, I could I could think all these little things, but could not keep it all in order. Like I can remember, he's talking to that uh, that 
that guy outside of his apartment. He's getting food from him. He's eating the food. And that's when they notice that his fire comes down. He's like, I don't want to read this. And he hands it to the guy. He's like, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, so that comes later. I think it's because there's two, there's like three scenes essentially, um, or two or three scenes in his apartment. So the first scene, he's getting ready for work. Corbin gets, gets into his, his hover cab and leaves for work. So he does actually leave. Yeah, so he leaves for work, and then we cut back to... The the lab that received yes. the remains. Yeah, okay. so from there. What, I, what I could happened? have sworn that the meat popsicle happened before you met Lilu. The meat popsicle line comes um, during. During? The, so whenever he's back in his apartment... Oh, is that when she... Yeah, it's in the shower. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna start okay. rolling back to you. Yeah, it is. Start, so, okay. so he's in his cab, or he gets in the cab or whatever, and we cut back to the lab. Yep. And um, we've got all these people talking about this this new technology that's gonna put the supreme being back together based on the what the remains that they have. Yeah, yeah. Like they did a search party of the wreckage of this Mondachi mm-hmm. one ship, and they recovered a portion of a body portion of the body yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was whole it was like holding onto a handle or something mm-hmm. yep and what the box is gone yep that the handle was attached to yeah yeah uh i don't remember if it's they show the process of reconstruction then or we cut to zorg because i know zorg happens sometime during this mm-hmm. and i'm trying to remember like because he he talks to the the alien guys that can change their face yes and i uh Wow. There's so much of just like, I'm blanking on because, okay, let's say that that scene happens with her reconstruction. She's put together and yep. she starts speaking a language they don't understand. They're like, I, I, we don't know what's, what is she saying? And she starts looking at them almost like a, like a predator. <laughs> and yeah. then she growls and then she punches through the the glass encasing and then leaps through a wall right right and then that guy's just looking he's like perfect I, I, that's all he says and then mm-hmm. it cuts and she's going through the the vent system of or whatever yeah. of this building she gets out and then she realizes that she's really high up so she clings against the wall and then she gets outside and then these cruisers these police cruisers uh, say halt or whatever, don't yeah. move, and that's when she jumps, right, and then falls through the roof of Corbin's cab. Yeah, yeah. So and, that now, now yeah. we've made the connection, Corbin. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And uh, his big fair falls in the cab. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's speaking in a different language until she sees a sign on, like inside the cab, which is "Please." Help. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a chase sequence. It's really goofy. There's a part with like this super McDonald's place and they yep. <laughs> go through there. And... Yeah, like McDonald's is still there in the future. <laughs> and the guy squeezes the soft drinks and this pour all over. Yeah. Corbin is trying to, uh, the, the police caught up with him. Yeah. And that's yeah, why he's she's, trying to lose him. and they're saying, hand over the person that's inside your cab. And that's when she's like, please help. And so and he then, guns yeah, it. Yeah, that's when he decides to, to run away yeah. from the cops. Yeah. Yeah. And then so he's he running, gets, they're running yeah. from the cops. And he hides the cab 
what he goes he descends i think yes down into the fog yep does it cut away at that point like to a different scene i feel like yeah so that's that's where we get introduced to zorg so while they're hiding in the fog and in the future you know obviously we're going to be talking about spoilers every single episode so i don't feel so bad spoiling things for people but <laughs> You know, this is in a fantastical future world where there's like skyscrapers thousands of feet into the air. So when he descends, it's into this fog of like the city's underworld, essentially. Yeah. Like rubble and trash. So they hide in the fog. And while they're hiding, then we're introduced to our villain, who is. I wish I could remember his entire name. But I oh, you know last... it. It's something Emmanuel Zorg. Yeah. What is what's the first part? Because like, like just think think of that scene. It does like the little outside the building, oh, inside no, the building on I'm him. Try, <laughs> I'm trying to remember his full yeah. name. I can't. It's like it's a weird name. It's uh, Jean Baptiste. Jean Baptiste Emmanuel, Emmanuel Zorg. Zorg. Yeah. <laughs> Played by uh, Gary Oldman. That's right. Yeah. So this is where. We first see him, and you were referencing. So, what happens here? Uh, he's talking about the X One. Um, I can't remember that, the rest of the name. Isn't it just called the X One? The ZF One. ZF One. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, ZF One. Yeah, the he's trying to sell these arms to somebody, and he's explaining all the little features of the gun. And I mean, there are several. There's one that shoots nets, the flamethrower. Um, the little, the one that shoots into the guy's head and he turns around and all the other bullets fall where it goes, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he says, everyone's, oh, stone cold killer. He, he, he looks. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You know what? After the whole line. Yeah. So he's not uh, selling it to him. Just, just so we get the motivations. Yeah. Um, Zorg was re- going to reward them with the guns because they're the ones that attack the ship trying to steal the okay. stones. Okay, oh, yeah, he, he was talking to them. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then they didn't have the stones because the case is empty. Right. But but anyway, yes. Zero stones, zero, zero crates. Pack <laughs> them up. But yeah, he does say like that line, I think he says like, um, you know what I do love? A yeah. killer. I died in the wool killer. <laughs> Now, a real killer would have immediately asked about the little red button on the bottom of the gun. And so what happens from there? Explosion. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's like, hmm. And he turns it over and he presses the button. Immediate explosion. (laughs) They're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then we cut back to what uh, Corbin has already arrived back at his place with Lilu. Or no, he goes to the priest first. Yeah. Yeah. Because he. He uh, checks on Lilu, and she says, "And she's like, yeah, Christ. yeah, Victor Cornelius. Cornelius. That's right. So, so he tracks down a priest, Vito Cornelius. Yes. Yep. Yep. And he gets there, and he says, i 'I'm sorry, we're not doing weddings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something to that effect.' And he closes the door, and then uh, Bruce Willis kicks the door down, and he runs in there holding Lilu." And I don't remember what he says to him, but he lays her on the couch. Yeah. And uh, 
I don't remember if he said, or she, he sees the tattoo on her arm. Yeah, Is yeah. That what it was? Yeah, Corbin's like, I got this girl. She says she's looking for you. She's got a weird tattoo on her arm. And then when and then he the makes priest leave looks at it. Yeah, when the priest looks at it, he's like, oh my God, uh, this is the supreme being. Mm-hmm. And so he lays her on the couch. And, and does she, uh, she, he leaves the room and puts on like this garb and comes back. And that's when she wakes up. No, he kisses her. Yep. She wakes up, puts the gun to his head. Yeah. And she says that line. And he's like, I don't know what she says. What does Ektugamit mean? And he says, uh, never without my permission. And he right. shoves him out the door. Yep. And then forces <laughs> him to leave. Yeah. Um, and that's when, that's when we, you know, cut back to, uh, you know, they're asking about the stones and where the stones are to Lilu. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she tells him that they... This whole story. Stone. Yeah. And he's like hey, translating yeah. while she's talking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she says the stone. The stones were stolen, but the stolen case is empty. It was a fake. Yeah. Right. It was a fake and that they gave him the stones to someone else. Yes. Yeah. And... Does she tell him who it is? I don't yeah. remember. There is there is a part like earlier on where I guess they learn that the Mondachiwans, the president learns that the Mondachiwans never really trusted the humans, so they gave mm-hmm. the stones to a diva singer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then that's what she also says. She tells him that the stones were right. given to this diva Plava Laguna to keep safe. So yeah. yeah. And then uh let me think here for a sec. After that, is that when when it cuts back to Zorg and he says he has to fire all these people? I'm trying to remember how that. I think segues. that I think that little line occurs when we just first see him. Like an assistant is walking up to Zorg and just asks him, like the board wants to fire five hundred thousand people, and then yeah. he says, "Fire one million people." I think that's kind of like a throwaway. It was just like an early on way to show that Zorg's kind of ruthless. Okay, and yeah. then. It cuts back to Bruce, Corbin Dallas, and he's in his apartment and he's talking to his friend about this fair. Yep. Like fair fell on my lap. And I don't remember the motivation for the phone call, but he ends up describing it to him like, um, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he so, describes that and yep. I can't remember. The next scene, like I know a bunch of stuff happens and then Lilo ends up with him. Yeah, so... Was that when he gets the Floss in Paradise? Yes, uh, s- sort of. So like, No, the general comes, right? Y- well, no, yeah, exactly. The president, since they were told about the diva, tells his general, I don't want some big operation to go recover these stones. I want you to send your best man alone. <laughs> and he's like, I know just the guy. And that's when it cuts back to Corbin's apartment and the general shows up and he starts. Was the general the first one there? Yeah. 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 That's right. Okay. I remember this now. Yeah. Um, and that's the general when comes he's... in with two other people. Yeah. And uh, a, a woman and another man. And yeah. uh, they come in. He talks to them about the mission. Yep. He's like, I need you to go to Floss and Paradise to recover these stones. And. He's like, I can't afford that trip or something. And that's when yeah. the letter comes in. He's like, oh, look, you just want a trip for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes, you check your messages? Yeah. Goes, no. And he goes, might be important. <laughs> yeah. You're a winner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he says, you'll you'll go with uh, married to this 
I don't know what her name was. Uh, <laughs> Major, be your wife. <laughs> uh, Major Einhorn. Yeah, Major Einhorn. <laughs> and he, and, he and she's like this. And... <laughs> she's this big, broad, militaristic yes. woman. Woman, and uh, what isn't like right at that moment is when he he hears like his uh, doorbell ish. Yep. Happen, and he goes to look to see who it is, and all he sees is Lilu. Yeah, Lilu and I, yep, but he Lilu. doesn't see the priest. I know they're yep. out there, but I don't think he sees them, and that's why right. he, he goes to tell uh, the the major or yep. whoever. Yeah, that his wife, his ex-wife, is there outside yeah. the door, and he, he's a or it's my new wife, or his new wife, and she yeah. doesn't like the military, and you need so to you hide. hide. He's yeah. like, well, well, where, where me? He's like, yeah. and he takes everything out of the refrigerator, yeah, shoves them in there. He's like, we're never gonna fit. Yeah, he goes, major, major. He's like, what? He's like, the four of us won't fit in here. Sure, you will. And he just keeps pushing them in. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, the. What the refrigerator descends into the floor? Yeah, he hits, yeah. he hits a button, and you know, futuristic apartment. It's <laughs> right. This movie is, I guess, this one would be kind of difficult. We're never going to get all the details because it's so fantastical. So you'd have to like describe everything around everyone to kind of take in the environment, which right. is one of the best things about it. But anyway, but does like Lilo comes in, but uh, the priest comes in with the gun, holding it up yep. to Corbin Dallas. What somehow he knew that he would get the the winning tickets it's, to it's because um, there is kind of a way that they explain it at some point when he's in there and you mentioned he was having lunch with that uh, guy yeah outside of his window his mother calls and says like Corbin how could you why aren't you going to take me on this vacation right it's been all over the radio that you won this contest and everyone so knows. everyone knows who this winner is but and that's why. Did. Yeah. yeah, that's why the priest shows up wanting to take his tickets. Right. And uh, he he comes in with the gun. They exchange a few words. I don't remember how he gets, like, does he take the gun from him immediately? I know that that's when the cops show up, isn't it? And they have to hide them. So yes. He puts the priest on the bed and yep. the bed goes into the wall. And Lilu stands in the shower, which is on top of the, the fridge. And that goes right. up. And... Uh, that's when he has to put his hands on the wall. Yes. And and then the cops like do a random check. Yeah. And they look in his room, you know, and they say like, uh, oh, what do they say? He said he says, uh, you think you got it? Like describe yourself or something like he he just says resident. Do you identify resident. as human? <laughs> like I am a meat popsicle. Yeah. And then they go to the next one. <laughs> And the guy just comes to the thing. He's like, smoke you. And then yep. you just like wrong answer. And then you hear a gunshot gun, or something. Yeah. yeah. And they're carrying yeah. him out. And when they're right. carrying him out, do you remember why the cops were there? Uh, I thought it was for Corbin or like the, the cab. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Was it the cab? Uh, so this is one of the things we'll do a little tangent. Just talking about why one of the reasons why I think we both will agree we like this movie is it's one of like the director does a Luke, really yeah. good job of storytelling across. I don't know how to describe it, making multiple cuts along the same tangent or same series of lines between characters to explain major plot points. So earlier on we were talking about how Lilu told the priest that the case was stolen, but the case was empty. 
That's why this is, I think, probably a little bit blurry for you because there's really quick cuts back to Zorg, who looks at an empty case. What He's the, the one that stole it. I have a question. What yeah. are the names of the aliens with that the, changed their shit? Their, uh, their yeah, face? yeah. Can you? Because they guess? end up with that guy. Uh huh. Exactly. The do you remember? Do you have a guess? I, I have no guess. The the Mangalores. The Mangalores. Mangalorean warriors. Were they the ones that were dressed as cops and they took him? Mm. I don't remember. So I don't remember how I got him. I was I was taking a roundabout way to get back to that because I heard that that was your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I wonder if that Mike picked it up. <laughs> so while she's saying the the you know the case is empty, and then Zorg is like, this case is empty. It's a back and forth like between mm-hmm. the two stories being told. And he's like, there's supposed to be four stones, and then Lilu says the stones were given to Plava Laguna, that demon. Yeah, yeah. Also, when the cops come to Corbin's apartment, the cops were sent there by Zorg. So there's three people. Cor- the Corbins were trying to be given right, the right, contest right. tickets by the military so that the military can go get the stones. The priest <sighs> is trying to steal the tickets. Doesn't you take the... who? Does it the priest that took the name off of the door? Yes. Put Corbin's name on the yeah, yeah, on a door. door. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And so the priest is there to steal the tickets because he needs to go get the stones to save the world. Mm-hmm. And now Zorg's has arranged for the cops to come get Corbin so they right. can replace Corbin on the trip to make sure no one gets the stones. This is like all three people are converging at Corbin's apartment yes. trying to get tickets to this hotel right. where the where the diva is going to be. It's like a comedy so of errors. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like it's it's diff- it's going to be difficult to explain, but I think that's probably contributing to why things are a little bit blurry, but it's also one of the best things about the movie. Right, right. That's why we rewatch it all the time. Yeah. So and then forgetting it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they the police bag who they think is Corbin, and now Corbin is back in his apartment with the crew that was in there. So what's happens yeah, yeah. next? So after after the police leave with that guy that's next door, he comes back in and he remembers Lulu's in the shower and he makes it descend and uh, auto wash. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's all dripping wet. He's like, I forgot about the auto wash. I'm sorry. Yeah, and then like she goes to change and he's turned around and he hears a like a moan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, Cornelius. <laughs> yep. He's like, Oh yeah. And then he opens the, the bed and he's like saran wrapped into the bed. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, the bed like auto- tried to automatically change itself. Yeah, right. And he yeah. got wrapped up in it. Yeah. <laughs> wrapped up. <laughs> um and after that, uh, the priest knocks out Corbin with a like a trophy or yeah. something. Yeah. And takes the the tickets and Lilu and the priest and that other guy. They leave. Yep. And he, Corbin wakes up. And wait, did they take the tickets? Mm-hmm. I think the general yep. had. No, like, the general just had like the details of the mission. Ah, right. Okay. Because yeah. I remember he he opens the. Yeah, refrigerator, and he's right. like, "I'll take the mission." <laughs> and they're yeah. frozen. Yeah, they're frozen. Like, <laughs> which takes the the details. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that and thinking, like, "Oh my god, they're dead." They're dead. It, yeah, but it show, it shows them later they're not dead. But like, <laughs> you're like, he just opens the door. I'll take the mission while they're frozen and closes the door back up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then after that, 
mm-hmm. somehow it ends up okay. The priest and Lilu and that the the apprentice, Ooh, I guess. I don't remember know. his name. No, <laughs> David. David. Yeah. They they go to uh, the terminal to fly to Floston. Yep, with the contest tickets. Right, and then the priest says, "I'm too old to pose as your husband, so you're going to take David, and David's going to be yeah. with you." on the flight so they go up to the the ticket taker like the, yep yeah and then uh he's like hey i'm i'm uh like he's flustered he's flustered and nervous. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> like um like he doesn't want to do it right and was it right at that moment that corbin like shows up and yeah it's like he, oh, he thank just you, ha- thank you. yeah he happens to like <laughs> glance over his sho- shoulder and he sees corbin dallas walking up and he's like it's 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 you're like freaking out he's like oh my god corbin dallas is here and he's about to kill me right right shows him away he's like he's like yes i have won these two tickets to foster paradise and this is uh, Lilu oh. Dallas. Yeah, yeah Lilu's like, just there. Yep. She's like, it's multi-pass, multi-pass. Yeah, multi-pass. We, we, she knows it's a multi-pass. multi-pass. <laughs> anyway, we're newlyweds. We're fell in love. Yeah, yeah. And like, okay, well, I enjoy your uh, your ticket to Paradise, yeah. Paradise, and then uh, they leave, and then the two of the Mangalores. Is it mm-hmm. right after that that they show up? Yeah, and pose as Corbin. Yep. He's like, I'm, I'm Corbin Dallas. Yep. He's like, you, you're Corbin Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, he, like, uh, she does, like, this, the ticket scan. taker does, like, a scan and realizes he's a dangerous alien because those Mangalores are shapeshifters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can appear as other people. Yeah. And uh, that's when the cops come and the, like, the kiosk closes up and uh, there's a shootout. They leave. Yeah. And then what? Immediately after that, the guy that was with Zorg, yep, is like, "Hey, I'm Corbin Dallas." Yep. So the third, the third person, Zorg, tries to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ticket taker, I think, says, "Like, listen, I already have one Corbin. Only have one Corbin, and he's already on the plane." And then after that, is that when we get introduced to Ruby Rod? Basically, yep, yeah, because it does show them getting on the plane or walking to the plane, and Ruby shows up. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, he's great. Chris Tucker, right? So it's good like, in this movie. I don't even want to try to do an impression. He's I know. Just <laughs> I can't do his voice well enough. It would just sound like right. Human. But he's an absolute riot in this movie. But yes, so oh, yes. Ruby shows up. Submarine. Yeah. <laughs> Corbin, my man. Yeah, Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fire. No, nothing, no, energy, no fire. No nothing. <laughs> so can you please act like you have more than a two-word vocabulary? Okay. Okay. Ring. Ring. And then that's when he grabs his throat. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That all seems great. Yeah, yeah. Ruby Rod is like a radio, a flamboyant radio show host. Right. He's the one that was like holding the contest for these tickets to Flost in Paradise. Mm-hmm. And so he tries to interview Corbin. And Corbin's right. just not into it. Yeah, this yeah, this whole whole movie is great. Like, yeah, just thinking about all of these things, like whoever wrote this, I know it, <laughs> it was way ahead of its time. Yeah, it's way. I think it was way ahead of its time because there weren't any like this came out in ninety seven. I'm not yeah. saying there weren't any obscure sci fi movies like this, but it had some but big names, was... and I think there hadn't been a sci fi like it. Right, with the production value and the 
big names in it. Like, right, big names and everything. And I think it was a flop. Like, I don't think it did really well, and it didn't get much yeah, critical acclaim. Right, um, right. It, didn't. it was writ- written by Luke Besson and Robert Mark Kamen did the screenplay. Huh. Um, I don't know. But do you remember the first time you watched it? Because it's yeah, one of those I, movies that sticks out in my mind. It's the first time I watched it, like, this movie grew on me the more I watched it. Yeah. The initial viewing for me wasn't, like, that impressive. I remember seeing it in the theater. I do remember right. that. And then uh, I was like, okay, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I remember seeing it on TV after that and watching it more and more. And I was like, this is actually pretty great. <laughs> right. So, I, uh, I remember going with one of my childhood friends, Andrew, um, I think it was like staying night at his house or something like that. Like this would have been middle school. And we went to the movie theater. This is PG 13, but I mean, it's a little bit on the mature side of PG 13 in some scenes. But anyway, we, we went in there and so we had no idea what it was. Like it was me, him and his dad. We went to the, go see the movie in the theaters and we were like, what are we watching? Like the fifth element? Like we had no idea what it was. And so first watching that, a lot of it went over my head. Mm-hmm. I knew it was it was weird, but it was action packed and it was fun and stuff like that. But so much of it went over my head. There's like some sexual stuff in this movie and all that. Like, I yeah, you know, I remember being that young and a lot of those innuendos. Just yeah, like, what? Like yeah. especially this the. The, the scene that comes next when Ruby and like the flight attendants are, yeah. like, flirting and all of that stuff. Like I, I kind of understood something was going on there, but I didn't really, yeah, like, didn't know like, until why I was is this older. scene happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they go through the whole thing. This, that, that whole scene could have easily been cut, but yeah, they didn't, sure. they left it in. They didn't, Cause it, I think that's what makes this movie all these right. little, it's so weird. It is. And they had to get all those little bouncing alien balls off of the yeah parasites gear. yeah that so, was so bizarre but yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> like it is it is one of those movies when you first watch it it's like that's kind of like funky but then you watch it again and you pick up on all the humor and great characters and stuff like that so so yeah so they ruby rod tries to interview corbin he's not really into it and then what happens the scene i just described like they yep. they get onto the ship and yep um I want to say, isn't that when Lilu starts to learn English is by watching that monitor and going through? Yeah, he slides into like their, they don't have chairs on the flight. They are, they're going to go like to a, sleep because yeah, they go sleep. through hyperspace. And so he slides in and she says something in English and he's like, oh, you can speak English now. And she says, yeah, I learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned. I learned. <laughs> and uh, that's when they make it to Floston. And then yep. they come in and you can hear the announcer say like he's talking and like enjoy your stay at Floston Paradise. Like, like it's cuts yeah. to Ruby Rod and, and they're coming out and they see all these dancers. It's almost like arriving in Hawaii. Yep. All the, There's some yeah. people cheering them on and welcoming them to the it's a big giant yacht. Like essentially. Right, right, right. The yacht in space. Yeah. More or less. And uh they're going in, and that's when they go to their rooms. Another way to the rooms, that's when they see the diva, mm-hmm. I guess. And yeah. Lilu knows who it is. Yeah. And the diva is like looking at the room that they just went in, and she knows. Yep, that Lilu's standing over there by her room. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to think if there's anything that happens in between that it, and the opera. 
I was going to say, it's kind of like just a lead up to them going to the opera. So Lilu goes to the diva. She stands outside her room and one of the diva's assistants walks over to give Lilu a message and says, um, the diva is glad to know you're here. She'll give you the stones after the show. Right. Um, right. And then, then it cuts to Corbin being shown his room mm-hmm. and being told yeah. you have tickets to the diva's show tonight. Right, it was just glossed over really quick, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. They go to the, then they go to the show. Yep. And they meet some interesting characters beforehand, and then they right. go sit and they watch it. And Lilu is still in her room when they're at the opera. Yeah, because yeah. that's when the Mangalores come and try to fight Lilu, and the music with the diva is coinciding with the action that's yeah. going on in this room. It's one of my favorite parts of this movie yeah. is the diva's song. Right. It's so good. It's like it this so good. operatic, you know, this amazing opera song in the beginning that kind of transitions into this techno opera hybrid song. Right. I think yeah. It goes somewhere. No one expected it to yeah. go. Um, so they, they have that whole song. It ends. There's applause. And Lilu, I think she beats all the Mangalores, and that's when Zork like appears with a gun. Yep. And Eggs. she jumps into the vents, and that's when he starts shooting at her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, let's see, I'm trying to remember exactly what happens in what order. The Mangalores end up at the opera. Yep. The Mangalores and, and yeah, basically they shoot invaded. the diva. Mm-hmm. They shoot the diva and like take everyone hostage, right? And uh, that's when is that when Zorg takes the case that was in the room with Lilu and he yeah. puts the bomb on the door. Yep. Corbin is talking to the diva. The diva yep. says, "Like I have the stones; they're in me." And mm-hmm. like he takes all the stones out of her, puts them yeah. in the case, and, and I don't. I don't remember how they get out of the room. <laughs> yeah, because so during this part, they kind of like, this is, I think, where they, because they didn't really do it before other than Corbin, since the beginning, basically fell in love with Lilu as soon as he saw her. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lilu, for, for no other reason, she just knows herself as the supreme being and, and nothing else. She doesn't have much connection to humanity yet. But you, you were just saying he talks to the diva. Mm-hmm. And she says the stones are in me, but she also tells him that Lulu is more fragile than she seems. Um, that she needs not only something, but also your love. Like she, love. she'll yeah, need I to remember. be shown love. I remember um, that phrase is said, but I don't remember why she said. Yeah, it. I think she was just telling Corbin like she might be the supreme being, but she's gonna she needs you and she needs your love. Right. Because they show Lilu, like you said, she was being shot out by Zorg. And mm-hmm. for all we know, she is hurt. She could be dead. Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah, yeah so. she's in there. Let's see, Corbin has the stones. And they, I don't remember if he, like, he stands up and, like, shoots everyone, mm-hmm. all the Mangalores in the room. Yeah, basically. Does anyone else want to negotiate? Is that the same? No, that's no, when no. he goes to the next room. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So there's this huge, and it may be blurry to you. So we'll it just is kinda, a little because I remember it. Massive uh, action sequence of Corbin starting to kick it, kick butt essentially. 
I remember two different rooms. That's what's bothering mm-hmm. me. And then so the scene with the him and Ruby Rod on like on the second floor balcony, and then yeah, <laughs> and then the it's scre- sh- screaming the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, then they fall down. I'm trying to remember why that. Like, I can get us through this part. Yeah, get get us through this part because I, I can get I can see everything. Part. And it's just like, all right. So here we are. Corbin's <laughs> in the theater, front row, has the stones. Um, he gives the stones to Ruby and like protect these. And then he takes, he gets a gun, shoots the guys in the theater. Then he busts through the doors of the theater out into the lobby and starts taking on all of the Mangalores that are out in the lobby, big action sequence, gunfight, yada, yada. He narrows it down to like one more group of Mangalores who have this big gun. The big, yeah. 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 I remember and that. so he takes this like sticky grenade. So the lobby, is, it's right outside of the, the opera like the yes yeah right outside those doors is where the lobby is okay okay now it's coming back a bit better yeah he fights him throws that grenade tells ruby to count down from 10 Mm -hmm. ruby screaming his head off the grenade (laughs) explodes and they took everyone table yeah trying to wheel (laughs) away and he said count to 10 and he's like ruby count and he's five Five. six seven yeah Yeah. and then just screaming (laughs) yeah (laughs) big explosion And so that's the next scene is what you were referencing because they've taken all the Mangalores out here. And so now they need to go to the bridge to take, finish, you know, rescuing the ship essentially. Right. And they go to the bridge and this guy's saying that he's good. This Mangalore has the captain, I guess, hostage. And he says, send somebody somebody to come to negotiate. And, uh, Wait, Corbin, come, he just looks real quick, he counts them, and then he goes in and shoots all of them. He's like, yeah. does anyone else want to negotiate? And then he, like, Ruby says something to the guy, is like, now if there's a bomb, yeah, <laughs> we all know that these, he still tells that bomb detectors, right? Like, I don't remember what he says before yeah. that, or what leads up to that. Yeah, so he, he walks in there, yeah, he kills the guy, like, one shot anyone else want to negotiate and then he uses the security cams to look for lilu gotcha and, and then, then they he go, sees they go her arm like out yeah, of the yeah. vent and then they all rush to go save lilu and that's and... when he's he points at it yeah he's like what, what, what's this <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, he, yeah he sees it ticking on the door and like wait what's what's this my man and the uh the priest goes uh goes it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, he goes Oh, no, 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 no. It's a bomb. All the alarms are going off because all these hotels have bomb detectors. Okay. It's immediately after that. Yeah. Then the alarm goes off. It's so good. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to rewatch this now. I know. The comedic timing. I hadn't watched it in a while. So like putting it on the you know, other day, Alicia and I were watching it. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's still one of my favorites. Like I could watch it over and over this will be one to watch you know as long as i have access to it yeah 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 Yeah. um i'm we're skipping some parts with zorg i know that like we skipped the whole part with the zorg and the priest earlier and so has this long speech and yeah he's choking on a grape and then he's saying i slap my back anyway yeah i was gonna Um, yeah but i was gonna let you, you you'll see it whenever you watch it but you're right the very next scene is a Zorg is when, scene. Yeah, Zorg goes into his ship. He what? Did he already leave the ship? 
yeah, yeah he, le- he already like, flew he away leaves, and everything yeah he's flew, flew away and he goes to open the case he's like <laughs> he opens it closes it <laughs> and he's yeah. laughing it's like they're not here <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah it <laughs> goes from laughing because he's so happy that he got the case to crying yeah. because the case is empty yet again empty. <laughs> so he flies back and then corbin uh gets in his ship and they are flying away and then Cor- uh, zor gets back he goes all the way to his bomb <laughs> yeah he uh diffuses his own bomb and he like exhales a sigh of relief but then this other crate that's in the room opens up and this thing uh climbs yeah. open and you see another clock and what there's like five seconds yeah so <clears throat> zorg but <laughs> I, I do want to take a, mo- a zorg appreciation moment gary oldman i mean like is amazing he's such a good actor and such a good character actor and he's great in this and there's even like a fourth wall break when the zf1 is being discussed my favorite yeah he's like <laughs> you said he was he went through all these like features of the gun and yeah, then yeah. he does the flamethrower and he looks back at the camera and goes my favorite yeah <laughs> And when he lands back at the ship after coming back, because he realized the case is empty, the like hotel staff says, sorry, sir, you can't land here. There's a bomb in the hotel. And he kills him. And then he goes, I know. <laughs> because he's the one that put it there. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. The the dying Mangalore yeah, out of so- revenge after Zorg disarms his bomb, he activates a bomb. Right. Right. Right, 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 right. And then it explodes. Yep. And uh, they, uh, Corbin and everyone else narrowly escape. Yep. Uh, I think this is the scene when it shows Lilu looking at, like, she's trying to get through the rest of the letters and the alphabet on that little monitor. Mm-hmm. She's and, continuing to learn about the history of the last 5,000 yeah. years. Yeah. And she's at W, and, of course, it shows war. And yep. it's a huge, like montage of images yeah all the atrocities of war right then we get back to earth and they go to the same place that was in the beginning of the movie yep with all the stones yep and they bring them in like uh what do we do (laughs) yeah yeah they're like okay so yeah the priest is like all right you put the stones in the corners and put the fifth element here and and yeah. then, then what? And they're like, you haven't seen this done before? It's like, and then, uh, yeah. And yeah. Lilu uh, describes it to Corbin. It's like, fire burns, wind blows. Uh, I think that's the only two she gets through. I don't remember any. Yeah. yeah and, and at this point, like, oh, since Lilu <laughs> saw, like, all the atrocities of war, she's kind of like, she's like, yeah, why live? I, I, yeah, she has no motivation to be the, the hero because she thinks humans just want to destroy themselves anyway. She, she mm-hmm. doesn't know why she needs to save the human race. Right. But so they're trying to figure out how, how it opened the stones. Yeah. And David the guy, is David. Yeah. He's yeah. next to the stones. Like we're all going to die. And yeah. he's blown on the stone and it opens a little bit. It's like, what'd you, what'd you do? <laughs> what'd you yeah. do? It's like, I don't know. I just, I stood here and I said, we're all going to die or something like that. And yep. he exhales again and it opens a bit more. Yep. That's when they realize how to make snow. just like, yeah. Just like Lilu said, she yeah. goes when wind blows and then yeah. fire burns. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they get 
all of the stones except for the one with fire. It's like, yep. I got no matches. I can't make no fire. No matches. No fire. <laughs> yeah, cold, cold, uh, you smoke? I don't smoke. I, I stop smoking. Yeah. And Corbin has one, one more match. match. Yeah, one match. And they yeah. managed to open it, and they still don't understand. And the whole the whole thing right here is that the the ball of ultimate evil is heading straight for Earth. And Yes. It's yeah. it's almost it's about to hit the planet at any moment. Right. And the military's counting down yep. uh, to impact. And uh, Corbin Dallas is trying to understand like well, why isn't this working? Like what are we supposed to do? And, and that's when Elias is like, Why live? It's like Yeah. Uh, I can't I can't remember the exact lines, but it's he ends up saying love. Yeah, like, why do you he, he's me? like, there's he's plenty like, of I things. I love you, I love you. Yeah, yeah. He, she's like, what reason is there to to do anything to like save the planet? And he said, there's lots of things like love. Right, and that's when they kiss, and then uh, this, that's when all of the, the stones start to yep. activate, and light hits the two of them, and then like comes out of her mouth and kills the planet. Right, yeah. and it just becomes a floating dead ball. Yep, in outer space, and everyone saved. Lilu saved the planet, mm-hmm. destroyed the evil. Yeah, right. And then uh, <laughs> the, the... Uh, there's a, there's a really good part right here. Like <laughs> they saved the planet. It's like one, yes. <laughs> one one of them like yells like an excitement, and then Ruby's like. Yeah, <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Like, every, every five seconds, there's a bomb or something. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so like uh, again, there's just so many reasons to like this movie. And it, there's comedy, perfect comedic yeah. timing. The acting is like everyone's perfect in their little roles. And I think this like launched um, Mia Jovovich's movie career, like acting career. I think yeah. this was like her yeah, first yeah. first big role. Before she started doing all the Resident Evils and stuff like that. Yeah, before it was like Dazed and Confused. Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. But she, like, this was her first big role. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. they saved the planet, and now what happened? And now they go back to the the, the lab where Lulu was created, and the president's there, and he wants to congratulate Corbin on his fine work, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, there's a, there's a bunch of little exchanges here. Uh, his, yeah. Corbin's mom calls and she's like, mm-hmm. this is, yeah, <laughs> this is his mom. <laughs> and he takes the phone and says, like, I just want to congratulate your son. And she's just yelling or, or like, who, yeah. who is this? You're not the president. <laughs> yeah. The, she said like the, uh, you're not the president. The president's an asshole or something like that. Yeah, right. He yeah. hands the phone off to yeah, someone else. Off. But like, yeah, the, President wants to meet them, and they're like, um, this, "They're indisposed right now." Yeah, <laughs> and they're in this what this chamber that's supposed to heal them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're clearly doing the doing the nasty in the chamber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make, making the love, making the love, and the camera goes in and dissolves and shows them, and then this music plays, and, and then it's end credits. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's man. the movie. It's it's, it's a, a movie. crazy movie. It's weird and like still to this day, if I mention it around some people, they're like, what movie? Like they'd never seen it. They hadn't even heard of it. That's why we were talking about it earlier. Like if I think it's just, it was ahead of its time, flew under the radar. It was weird. It was funky. 
and you know people just didn't pay attention to it and those that did thought it was too weird or you know they couldn't get into it so it kind of i think if it was released later uh, maybe would have been a little more successful but if anyone gets the chance to go watch it go watch it it's great chris tucker is just fantastic in that movie so funny he's funny i mean bruce willis is good in it like Ian Holmes, yeah. like everyone is really good and it was written well. The dialogue mm-hmm. is great. The action is cool. The effects are cool. Like it's, it's a great movie. So that's, everyone yeah, should go those, watch it. That's one of those movies I really want to see the making of, especially like yeah. Gary Oldman. I want to know how much direction he had and if he just made that in like his, his own yeah. character. Zorg's characters, his accent this like Southern drawl yeah. in, in a modern sci-fi movie. It just right. made it that much better. And yeah. the, like the, the way he's wearing his hair, that the whole thing was so weird. Yeah. It's all weird. <laughs> yeah. So you, you yeah. mentioned that scene. We could talk about it after you watch it, but um, where the priest and him meet mm-hmm. it's, it's right after Lilu told him that the, the stones were stolen he's like who would want to steal the stones like who would do that and then it cuts back to zorg and he's like i want to see the priest because if the stones are missing he's gonna know where they are yeah type thing so anyway yeah you got anything else on the movie any any final impressions before we decide to uh let you go rewatch it and and talk about what we missed no i'll go watch it and we'll talk some more all right i want to watch it all right, so you're, we're going to have to go forward in time yet again, let you watch the movie. So how far forward do we got to go? I need you to move forward two hours and six minutes. Hail, two hours and six minutes. All right, so we are back. Jeff had an opportunity to go watch the movie, correct? I did. Okay. And so was it everything you remembered, me, remembered it to be, or uh, do you pick out any mistakes you made? There was, I would, as I was watching it, I was thinking about how, like, I was recalling it earlier in the podcast yeah. and how, while I'm watching it, I was like, I can see all the beats and yet it's still, there's something here that you can't even describe while you're like talking about it. You know, there's like yeah. a flavor while you're watching it that you'll never get if you just listen to someone describe the movie. Yeah. I think I mentioned it earlier, like this movie and these types of movies would take very, take a very long time if you really wanted to paint a picture for somebody because it's so intricate. It's set in a future that's beyond our comprehension. And so you'd have to describe the apartment, the paint, like Mm -hmm. you'd have to do it all. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, but I guess that's production quality really sets a movie apart. I did miss a lot about Zorg. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Most almost every scene, it, it didn't. In it. <laughs> it minimized his role when we were telling it, but it, I mean, it didn't like keep the move that you from moving forward. So I didn't want to yeah. be like all nitpicky yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, most most everything was Zorg and uh, the bot. Let's see, Bruce Willis's boss is Finger. Yeah, Finger. Yeah, he was talking to him about everything a lot. And, right. Uh, let's see what else. His first oh. conversation with Bruce Willis's character gives us the little backstory like how that he used to be in the yeah, military yeah. he calls him major all that stuff yeah all, yeah all of that um 
trying to think of what else I missed. The lieutenant, I guess the the guy that came to his apartment. Right. That guy, I didn't realize it was a uh, the actor from uh, he was in Blade Runner. He's one of the replicants. Yeah. I had no idea because yeah. he was blonde in this. <laughs> yeah, like blonde, a little chubbier and everything. But yeah, he's like, right. Yeah, and I think different. he's in. He's in something else, kind of like along those lines. But yeah. But anyway, I just wanted anyway. To that out. So um, what about so what when you were watching it? And this is obviously a multiple rewatch. So this is however many times you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Why is it so rewatchable? Why do we enjoy watching this movie so much? It was like a lot of the sci-fi films that came out around that time was, I, I'm paraphrasing something I read because it made total sense with this movie is that this movie is so much brighter in comparison mm. to a lot of other sci-fi films that are darker, you know, yeah. like just in general, the, yeah, vibrant, the lighting, the colors, the, the aliens, everything the about outfits, it is almost, everything. I don't want to say comic booky or cartoonish, but it's yeah. definitely similar to that. You know what it's I mean? It's a different take. It's not aliens, you know. <clears throat> yeah. It's not, um, yeah, I don't know if these are around the same time. Event Horizon. Well, like, uh, yeah, know. Event Horizon was and like Armageddon and yeah, um, a bunch of other films that were coming out around that. Right, right. It was so different. <laughs> it's the, com- like for me, I think it's the comedy. Because when I rewatch it, like, yeah, oh, yeah, it was weird when I first watched it. So it went over my head and then I rewatched it and I could appreciate it. And then all these other rewatches. I want to watch it because I want to laugh. Like it's a cool action movie, but I want to laugh. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's mostly the humor, like just everything. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby Rada, yeah. Chris Tucker's so great. So good. So funny. Everyone's <laughs> comedic timing in it. Okay, so aside, you know, I think we just already answered this question, but you know, do you think there's any other movies like it out there? Is there something to compare it to? That's a head scratcher. Maybe some stuff that's come out more recently, but I, I can't yeah. even say if they were close to the same kind of movie, but the art style, maybe. Even like, some of the future sci-fi stuff like Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Like, it's not colorful and vibrant. No, it's not. But maybe it's kind of like the same giant cityscape future. But I think about, but, like, some of the Marvel films were similar. In tone. Oh, yeah. Like they, they tried to draw from that kind of comedic right, right. look and bright colors maybe some of the guardians of the galaxy yeah that was my first stuff. thought was that yeah but otherwise i can't think of anything else yeah um, it's a movie on its own it really and is so i think that answers this question do you think it could be remade if it was it i no, i wouldn't it wouldn't feel yeah. the same at all <laughs> no yeah if they like which i don't think it was successful enough for them to be like oh we should reboot fifth element but yeah, I don't think they could even I, if they tried. Yeah, I, I think it, it was what I think it was eighty million to make at that time. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah, like back then. So, any final thoughts on the movie? Go watch it if you haven't. <laughs> yeah, go watch the Fifth Element. Can't encourage people, you know, to do it more. It's hilarious, great action. It's unique. I think it would be appropriate for us to have uh, Ruby Rod send us out on this episode. Agreed. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now 7 p.m. Time for the news. See you tomorrow for a new adventure. End of transmission. That's the best show ever.